All right. Hello, everybody. And thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to episode two of the Third Eye Gospel podcast. Um, I'm so excited um, that you are listening today. And thank you so much again. I hope today um, today's message is super inspirational and resonates with you and keeps you moving on your relationship with the divine. Um, today, I'd like to start off with a little prayer. It's going to be a little bit more like usual production today where I'm going to do a scripture reading um, and then just a little discussion and, and teach about interpretation after that. Um, and I definitely always recommend starting off with some kind of meditation or deep prayer session, silent or not silent, because it just really helps. Like if you just sit for even just one to five minutes um, before you go into any scriptural study, it really helps. Obviously, we don't have one to five minutes to sit here together, but um, that's okay. We're going to do a prayer. We're going to take a really deep breath, um, and we're going to get into the right mindset. So if everyone can just take in a really deep breath. We're going to breathe in and breathe out. Ooh, that was a really good one for me too. Okay. Um, God, we pray for your everlasting support as we open the floor to learn and discuss more of your truth. Please help us create faith and courage within ourselves to walk in our truths during any surrounding turbulence. Please guide us and show us the way of light. Teach us to exhume love that's our collective source, and allow righteousness to grow in our spirits. Christ, we pray for your guidance and your wisdom. We pray for your continued leadership to open our eyes and um, open our eyes to our deep connection to the divine. Christ, be with us as we navigate our thoughts and actions. And God, we thank you so much for this day that we awoke and we are given opportunity to deepen our love and absorb more of your grace of life and with our deepest gratitude and most trusting love. Amen. Okay, let's start for the day. Um, so we have Logian 37 out of the Gospel of Thomas, um, which is, I read an excerpt from the Gospel of Thomas um, on my last podcast introductory, but if you didn't um, listen to that, the Gospel of Thomas is this amazing gospel that um, was is now considered one of the source gospels to be where um, many of the quotes from the original, well, not, I won't, I won't say original, but the um, ones that made it into the official New Testament. So the synoptic gospels are written from. So this one that I rate am reading specifically is the gospel of Thomas, the Gnostic uh, Wisdom of Jesus by Jean-Yves Leloup. And it's amazing because there's an amazing commentary in here. Um, I'm not going to be reading from the commentary today, but in my introductory podcast, I did read from the commentary and I absolutely love it. I've gotten so many new understandings from this book and I highly recommend it. Um, so, and it's basically just quotes from Jesus. So in Logian 37, um, Jesus is with his disciples. So his disciples asked, when will be the day that you appear to us? When will be the day of our vision? Yeshua replied, on the day when you are naked as newborn infants who trample their clothing, then you will see the son of the living one and you will have no more fear. Wow. That's a heavy one because it, it's really foundational. I, I think that it's going to be really important to lay our foundation on these concepts because it is, it's just a, 
it's an idea that's going to propel us into actually being fully in commune with the divine. And, and here I think is where Jesus is kind of trying to lay that foundation for his disciples and is trying to teach us with these words. So um, here the disciples though, what they're specifically asking is for a physical symbol of their faith, essentially. They are saying, when will be the day of our vision? When are you going to give us a visual representation of what we've been talking about here? What's the day you're going to appear to us is what they say. What is going to be the day we receive a tangible or palpable representation of our faith and affirmation, something that's going to put a finality on it for them. Um, and they really deeply desire this. They want to hold identity to it. They want to hold their faith to it. And if they don't have the symbol, they're they're asking what what's next when are we going to do it they're just waiting around for this so jesus um replies to them that they must become naked as infants remove all forms of clothing and i'm sure this was really taken aback by the disciples when they first heard this they were probably like wow um and essentially this is for one a great concept to work with the issue of Jesus often spoke in hyperbole because you have to speak in something so dramatic to encompass the vastness and infiniteness of God um, and our oneness with that source. It's too big to talk about. We try to put it in words, but it's too big to talk about. So Jesus is like, I got to say the most extreme. Um, we have to be newborn infants. He makes that claim that we have to be like infants. We have to be naked and like infants in front of God in order for us to see, in order for us to understand in our human minds. Um, and so the disciples, you know, they want to know that when their vision's coming and Christ tells them to remove their clothes. Um, clothes are a very key symbol here. Nakedness is a key symbol here. And babies, infants, that's the other key symbol here. So we got three things that we're looking for in this um, Logian that's going to teach us about some fundamentals of our faith that we deeply need to understand um, to kind of just even navigate in our world. Um, and it's funny that it happens in three, because as you know, I've got a thing with the number three, as in the Holy Trinity. Um, so we're going to start off with the symbol of clothes, which kind of goes with the symbol of nakedness. Um, and clothes, you know, clothes are what we put on every morning, right? They're um, or throughout the day. They're our armor, our costume, our protection. Um, they veil us from the world, right? So we harbor meanings and we attribute them to these very physical, very worldly objects that we, um, you know, put on every single day. This is part of our daily routine. This is part of our daily internalization of outside. So we are internalizing the outer. Um, Clothes symbolize what? They symbolize your job, your gender, your class status, your heritage, your culture. They can symbolize your religion. They can symbolize where you live. They can symbolize how you live. I mean, they can just tell so many things about you, but we put them on in that way because we are telling people things about us. Um, we are clinging to those things about us too, though, in a way that it's egoic. So our egos are clinging deeply to these concepts and falsely identifying them. We're not, we're not identifying with our true higher selves here. We're identifying with pieces of what we are trying to give off, pieces of, of identity that are part of our bodies, part of our world, part of our outer um, and our clothes highly represent that, both literally and figuratively, because they literally do represent that. 
but they also figuratively represent a, a serious attachment to our identities, something we can't let go of. We can't get this off. We can't take off our costumes, our masks, our veils. Um, and it leads us to believe that we are separated. And this is the, the worst or biggest sin, if you want to call it, um, in all of this is that it makes us feel separate from each other because our clothes symbolize many of the differences that we have. Um, it also makes us feel separated from God because it puts us into these little tiny boxes that aren't allowing us to expand openly in front of God. So, and, and essentially leads to personal suffering. And it stunts your growth with the divine. It stunts your spiritual growth and, it, and thus stunts your growth in life. Um, and, you know, of course, it's a symbolism in it. You know, we're not going to say go out and not wear clothes, you know. But what Jesus is really trying to teach us here is that these things cause us not to see. So when we have this veil over our face, we, are, we physically cannot see. We cannot see um, God. We cannot see what's right. We cannot see what we are supposed to do. Um, and this is why we have to remove this. We have to remove the clothes. We have to remove the veil so that we be- we know we're not separated. Um, this would solve so many problems. I mean, if, if we felt the camaraderie that we actually have with other people, other people of other countries, other people of other religions, if we knew how one we are and how one with God we are, we wouldn't be violent towards each other. We wouldn't be, we would only be loving towards each other. So you could take something from as as simple as clothes, but that symbol of what that represents in our world, if we don't change that symbol, we're going to continue to fall into this path. So our clothes really do equal our separation. And of course, again, don't take off your clothes, but you know, the symbol of it is to take off the separateness, take that off, remove it from your life. The veil needs to be stripped down and we need to become naked. Um, So naked is kind of going without clothes, obviously very literally, but it's like our pure and peaceful essence, that which in us is unchangeable, that which is back with God. When you take off the clothes, you only have what's underneath. So when you take off the clothes, we are now naked and we are now centered and we are now with God again. Um, And this means we're not holding our prejudices that are attached to our ego. We're not holding our judgments that are attached to our ego. Um, And the nakedness means without, void, emptied. And we have to empty ourselves of these these little tidbits. Um, And a good thing to put in here, especially um, in support of the med- uh, practice of meditation, um, especially in traditional Buddhist practice, um, it's you are meant to empty yourself. Um, empty yourself into the nothingness that is the universe. Um, and that's what is meant to end all suffering. Empty your thoughts, empty your soul, empty everything, empty it out um, to get it out of you. But I'm going to argue here that we. I want to change the term nothingness to everything because God encompasses everything. Um, and God is all, he's the all, well, not he, but you know. Um, so when we practice this emptying, we are giving all back. We're connecting back to the all and we're practicing how to be one again. Um, 
And I want to use a little anecdotal metaphor here um, that explains this really well and also goes to the third concept of being becoming a child again. Um, and it's on my cousin who wrote her um, initial undergraduate essay, admissions essay, to say that people, like she wrote it all on this concept. So she wrote that people are like sponges um, and the more they learn, the more they absorb. So this is a really important concept. It's always resonated with me so deeply. Um, so essentially when we're born into this lifetime, we're a sponge. We have nothing in us. Um, we're just, we're squishy. Um, there's just air in there, you know? Um, so when we're born, we're a sponge and we navigate through our paths and touch the world around us. We absorb what we learn and experience and feel. Um, naturally our minds will always use this as a, you know, reference point to whatever tasks that hand or to our lives or whatever. Um, but it's all just stuff. You know, we've, we've got, we've had this sponge and we're all just soaking up this stuff. You know, like when you're doing the dishes, um, and you're the kitchen sponge and you're washing the dishes, you're just soaking up all that water, all that soap, all that bacteria, all that gunk, um, all that air though, all that water, like good and bad things. You're soaking it all up. You're just soaking and soaking. And, um, what do you do? When the sponge is done with use, you you wring it out. You wring it out real good. Um, and when you do that, um, you're doing a form of emptying. You wring it out to dry so it can be used again. You wring it out, you leave it there, you rest it, you want to use it again. And this is a form of emptying. Um, so essentially, when we are not even necessarily standing before God, but trying to get one with God, trying to get right with God, trying to get one with ourselves, we have to practice this. We have to wring ourselves out. We have to empty in order to be filled again. If we are stuck in this gunk mess, we've absorbed all this gunk and it's just sitting there. Nothing else can get absorbed in. You can't, you can't put any more in there. It's all just what it is. So if you wring that out though, you are in, you know, preparation. You're preparing for more divine embrace. You're preparing for um, more education. You're preparing for learning. Um, and when we do this, it's it's how we become children again. Um, when we are children, our sponges are clean. You know, we haven't yet learned how to veil ourselves and clothe ourselves. We have bias until it is absorbed. Um, so we have no bias. There's no bias for anything until we've absorbed it. That's it. Um, and kids have this sense. So it's like, why do you think kids have other spiritual senses? Why can they see things? Why are they in tune to things? Um, they haven't attributed meaning onto specific things yet. So they are encompassed to the all. They can see the all. They can pick up on things that we can't see because they haven't veiled themselves yet. They haven't veiled themselves with identity. They haven't veiled themselves with clothes. They haven't done any of this yet. They're in a constant state of vision, a constant state of opportunity, of absorbing, of learning. Everything's an exploration. And that absorption is just constantly happening. But you know what else they're able to do is forgive really easily. So when they forgive really easily, you know, kids wake up, you know, they were mad at their parents yesterday. They're totally fine with their parents today. They've emptied that out. They've let that go. You know, they are in a constant state of filling up their sponge and emptying it. 
they are ready every day for more divine embrace because they have emptied their sponges. Um, so in order for us to be able to have this level of ability to be molded, ability to get like receive education, the ability to receive wisdom is important. And in order for us to do this, we must become naked. We can't see, we can't visualize, we can't learn if we are not unclothed with our egos, if we're not unclothed with our identities. Um, you know, and this concept is truly applicable to absolutely anything. You know, you can agree that being in a flexible state of being is um, really important to kind of overcome any sort of changing concept in your life. So, you know, as things change, we tend to cling tight to that which we know, but it's that's not necessarily what we're being taught to do. That's not necessarily what's going to bring us back to the divine. Jesus is really trying to tell us here that we should be completely letting go of all of our pretenses, of all of our judgments, of all of everything. Empty yourselves before God. Empty yourself in meditation. Empty yourself completely. And then absorb again. We give back to the collective conscious, to God, we we absorb again. And this is how the paradigm shift happens. This constant emptying and absorbing of everybody going all the time is what is making progression shift. And it is an important um, pillar of spirituality and the spiritual evolution of what's happening in the universe. And I think it's important for us all to tune into it because if we are helping it along, you know, there's will be a lot less spiritual resistance. So I'm going to read the Logian one more time here. Um, it says, um, his disciples asked, when will be the day that you appear to us? When will be the day of our vision? Yeshua replied, on that day when you are naked as newborn infants who tremble their clothing, then you will see the living son of the living one and you will have no more fear. Um, and so this Logian here is so important. We should be reading it. We should be meditating on it. What does that mean to you? What does it mean for you in your relationship to God? And what does it mean for you in your relationship to the world? Um, and really, it's for the release of our suffering. This is to release our suffering and fulfill one of our highest purposes. Um, and that's to connect back to the way of divine. Um, and I proudly vow to practice this. I included deeply need to practice this every single day um, and know and affirm that I am not separated from God and that none of us are separated from God and that we are all with each other. Um, and of course, I gently affirm this connection is between us and God taught and led through Christ and held through the spirits of everyone. Amen. God bless. Go in peace. And thank you for listening.